Good morning and welcome to another podcast with yours truly, me, Daryl J. Bennett. Uh, today, I want to let you get a sneak peek into one of um, my live session. I streamed this live. It was really on my heart. It wasn't something that I had necessarily prepared, but this was really about the power of transformation. And I believe this is going to really bless your heart. It's going to bless your heart as we go into a new year. Don't go into a new year with an old mindset. Don't go into a new year with an old type of thinking. And so I'm excited for you to hear this message. And please listen all the way to the end because there is an ask that I have. And my ask is that you share this with someone you know who is caught on the hamster wheel of life. We all know somebody. We all know somebody. We love them. We care about them. But you just want to shake them and say, stop talking to yourself that way and stop feeling that way about yourself. And you just want to shake them out of the humdrum of what has just brought them down further and further. And my life's mission is to encourage and motivate and inspire through education and transformation. And so I'm excited to share this message with you. And I'm grateful for all of you that listen and for all of you that are going to share this message to others, because each one is going to reach one. And that's how we're going to make a transformative change in this world. It's not going to come from out there. It's going to first come from inside. I can't wait for you to listen. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy. Good morning, people, precious people. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. God morning. God morning. I am Daryl J. Bennett, and I'm here to encourage you this morning, encourage you as we come to the close of yet another year, and we come to the opening of, of, a, of a new one, a new season, and we we do know that it is not the clicking uh, the turning of a clock on a wall that denotes new seasons. It is the, the turning of our mind, the transformation of our mind, the nonconformity into this world system, but the transformation of our mind, the transformation of paradigms and perspectives. And so I'm just so grateful. And I want to just start by saying thank you. Thank you to all of you. That's been such a, a blessing in my life and have uh, shared, um, kind words to me, uh, those of you that sown into my, my life through just the work that we're doing to encourage and empower people. I don't, I don't take that lightly. Thank you for those of you. I've noticed many more people lately have been sharing the messages that I've been putting up on their social media. And that's really the highest compliment. I do always appreciate the likes and the comments, and I appreciate that as well. But I have to take a moment to say thank you for all of you that shared this content because you're helping um, not so much me, you're helping us reach the world with the good news, the good news. You know, Jesus spoke far more about the gospel than he did about, excuse me, the gospel of the kingdom than he did of anything else. The good news of the kingdom, that there's a place for you, there's a space for you. And that from the beginning of time, he destined and determined something great for you. So I want to thank you because, you know, my life mission is to encourage one billion people during my time on this earth plane. So you're helping me do that and accelerate that. So um, today, I just want to share some things that have been on my heart. Um, we did a corporate fast that we are coming to the end of. We're on day seven today. And I have to tell you, this was 
absolutely, absolutely the best fast that I've ever done in my life. Um, it's the best fast I've ever done in my life. And I, I, I kind of attribute it to three things. One, this is the first time in a long time that I've done it corporately with people that I'm close to. And um, it's a handful of us. And we've been meeting every day to pray. Um, and when I say every day, virtually, because folks are in Africa, folks are in Europe. Sometimes we can't all get together at the same time. But we have um, committed these last seven days, starting Monday, to really just going deeper. We all shared what our intention was, what we want God to do in our lives, what we're desiring. And um, we really spent this time uh, honoring God and honoring the word and coming before him. And so I think that's one thing because, you know, even when I had the hunger pains, I was immediately reminded of the folks that I'm in fellowship with as we tarry through these seven days. So it's like, you you know, it gives that, that extra bit of accountability and, and uh, wraparound support, if you will. So it was, you know, just a blessing to connect with people weekly. Uh, let me just turn this down. Just, just, just a nudge, nudge. So, I think that's the first thing. You know, there is beauty in relationships. There's beauty in doing things in relationships. There's beauty in being connected strongly with people um, and really going deeper. So, as we have foregone food. Um, we have clung to the scripture, they who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. And I believe that those who have a higher appetite, it's the hungry ones that, that are filled. So we are, we are showing that to the Lord through this time. Um, the second thing I, I attribute it to is that we just went on a 10 day fast last month. So it just was easier and it was just a lot of fun to go even deeper. Um, you know, we are making a habit of giving our bodily desires to a higher spiritual plane. Um, and, and the third thing I, I attribute it to is that we went in with intention, like not, not, not religiosity, not you know, we've got to do it for this amount of time because this is what it looks like. No, 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 no. We went in with an intention, pulling from God for something. And I do believe that if you begin with the end in mind, you'll be so much more successful. If you begin knowing what it is that you are seeking as an outcome. And so what I desired is the game plan for 2024. And I know people go on fast in January and we might do some of that in January, but I don't want to start the game without a game plan. <laughs> you know, January is the beginning of the year. I really was pulling on the coattails of God, if you will, that I I need, I need the vision before the game starts. I want to come into 2024 so strong, so clear, so directive, um, that I'm just really walking in the center of your will. And I want to tell you something. This has been the best seven-day fast I've ever done, the best fast ever because God has poured out. I've watched them. I've seen it. I've gotten so much understanding about what it is that I should be doing. So much more clarity. That's what I was looking for. 
You know, many times we pray for provision, but it's vision we need. It's vision because we're doing a lot of things, but we're not clear about what really we should be doing. And so I just thank God that I just want to just share my gratitude from my heart that he honored all of us that went in over these past seven days and really just gave us more clarity, more direction, more encouragement, more wisdom. What does Solomon say? And all you're getting, get understanding, get understanding, not just knowledge, not just education, not just book information, but get understanding. And so I've really sought, help me to understand, not just out there, Lord, help me understand in here. And that's what I come to talk about today. I've been on this really deep journey about understanding me. You know, I heard Bishop Jake say, it takes your whole life to get to who you are. <laughs> you know, I mean, I have prayed for understanding as to why do I think sometimes the way that I think? And instead of being so quick to rebuke it or try to cast it out or judge myself, like, why do I think those thoughts? Why do I feel those ways? Why do I respond in that way to people when they do A, B, C, and D? Why am I pointing the finger here? I'm pointing the finger there. And so I really sought for understanding. And that brings me to, and I thank God that he's been faithful and just to share some of those things with me. And no, this is not the time that I'm going to be sharing deep things about what God has put on my heart about me because that, that would not be wise over social media. But just know that the journey that God is bringing me on over the past, I'm going to say really two years, but it's been accelerated this year. It's not just a journey of uh, spiritual information, you know, the Bible, as it were. It's understanding me and what what my place is here and how to really become the man that God has desired me to be. So let's go to 1 Samuel. I won't be long. I say that every time. You know, I say that every time and then I get started and I can't get out of it, but I'm not going to be long, y'all. 1 Samuel chapter 10. And this is a passage of scripture that isn't talked about often, but I but I think it is so beautiful and it's it's absolutely germane to what it is I want to share today. It is the anointing of Saul. You know, we skip all over Saul. We get straight to David, the man after God's own heart. I don't know what's going on with that. Excuse me. The, the man after God's own heart. But the truth of the matter is the inaugural king of Israel was Saul. And we're told that Saul was head and shoulders above all the people in Israel. And he was chosen by God, handpicked to lead his people. And uh, we're not going to read all of it. We're not even going to read most of it, but we're going to highlight some of the scriptures. Give, give me a second. Let's let's just pause here because I want to uh, make sure we're you're more than able. You're more than able. Yeah, 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 yeah. First um, Samuel chapter 10, 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? And when thou art departed, 
from me today. Then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin and Zelza. And they shall say unto thee, the donkeys which thou wentest to seek are found. And lo, thy father has left care of the donkeys and sorrow for you. What shall I do for my son? Then thou shalt go forward. You caught that? Then you're going to go forward. That's that's the message for somebody today. From thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, and there shall meet thee three men going up to God, to Bethel. One carrying three kids, donkeys, not children. <laughs> another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. Let's go to six. And the Spirit of the Lord shall come upon thee. The Spirit of the Lord shall come upon thee. And thou shalt prophesy with them. And thou shalt be turned, check this, into another man. Two more verses. Well, actually one more. Let's skip down to nine. And lo, it was that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel... God gave him another heart and all those signs came to pass that day, that day, <laughs> that day. You know, there are some things that takes God a significant period of our lives to accomplish. And there's some things that take 10 years at the university. And there's some things that take 20 years of business coaching and mentorship. And there's some things that take a long process, but there are some things that happen in the course of a day. And all of Israel was changed in the course of a day. And Samuel is telling Saul, God is going to do this all in the course of a day. That's your word. It's not going to be long. It's a suddenly word. It's an immediately word. It's a spectacular change of events. It's a spectacular change of events in your life suddenly. And we're told that the spirit of God was poured out on Saul and God turned his heart into another man. He became another man. That's been my prayer before God. Lord, help me to become another man. I'm going to keep it on me. I'm not even going to talk about you now because I don't know you like I know me. There were some things and places and keep me lifted up in prayer. There are some things and places and spaces in my life that I know God wants to take me further, but I am... I'm just being honest here. I'm struggling with breaking the habit of being myself. <laughs> I'm struggling with breaking the habit of old paradigms. I'm 38 now. So there are some things that God is dealing with me in my life that it's been over 30 years. It's been over 30 years. And so I came to the conclusion like about two years ago that I was going to have to become an entirely different man to be what God called me to be. And it's not easy to become a different man. I mean, you can read the story of Saul and you see kind of how Saul ended up. Because still we have a part to play. God can change our hearts. So we've still got to be willing and receptive to walk forward in what God has called us to do. And so many times God wants to do more in our lives, but it's us that prevents him. Remember the story of the talents? He gave to one five, he gave to one two, he gave to one one. But before we even get to what they did with it, the word says that he gave them according to their ability. 
Another translation says he gave them according to their capacity. Think about that, that God blesses us according to our capacity. Have you ever considered that the blessing of God in your life is as much dependent on you as it is him? Your capacity. Are you willing to trade old wineskins for new wineskins? You know, you always pray the prayer of Jabez, enlarge my territory. He wasn't talking about just a natural territory like this castle behind me and a, a, a rulership of geography. He was talking about enlarging his capacity, his mindset, his perspective, his paradigm. You'll never have what you cannot fuse with on the energy level of. For all things that are created were created by God from the beginning of time. And so when we seek to receive, we're seeking to receive from the quantum field. That's what faith is. The evidence of things not seen. So my journey in God has been becoming another man. Overcoming offense. That's one of the things that God has been working on me with. And that might be something. No, I'm not even going to speak that. No, I'm not going to speak that at all. But I'll say that's been something. We've been going back and forth with for a while. Because I love the Lord. And I'm, I'm called according to the Lord. But I feel like you step on my toe and it might be an issue. And so God has been working on me to release the spirit of offense. I'm just keeping it real with you. There's a lot of other people struggling with that, but they won't say it. <laughs> but, but you know they are because if you tell them they're struggling with something they get offended <laughs> I know that God has called me to be a great light into the world he's called us all to do it but the light is so many times <sighs> shrouded by the darkness we refuse to get out of you know how it says that nobody lights a candle and puts it under a bushel? Well, really what, it, what the translation is that nobody should light a candle and put it under a bushel, but we do it all the time because God has lit the candle on the inside of us, the candle of our spirit that's supposed to shine forth as bright as the stars in the sky. But it's like we want to hold on to who we were and we say things like, that's just who I am. But what if, what if who you are isn't working? What if that outcome or that process keeps giving you an outcome that takes you back to places, spaces, people, and paradigms that you swore you'd never be in again. And I promise God, but I promise myself first, I won't be like the children of Israel. I can't walk around a mountain for 40 years. I can't do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. So whatever you need to burn up in my life, Lord, go ahead and burn it up. Whatever relationships you got to remove me from, go ahead and remove me from it. And now if I had time, because I told you I've been in Samuel, I've been in Samuel, I've been really... Really in First Samuel for the past like month. If I had time, I would talk to you about Dagon. You'll read it on your own. Dagon, who they they took the ark, the Philistines, when they captured it from the Israelites, and they took the ark and they put it in the house of Dagon, their God, and they came back, and Dagon's face was falling down before the ark. So they put Dagon back up and they came back. And the story tell the, the word tells us that. They came back and this time Dagon's head was cut off and his head, his hands were cut off and it was in front of the ark and they retrieved the ark out of the house of Dagon. And it says they never went back to the house of Dagon to this very day is the day of they wrote it. Because the truth of the matter is there are so many times where we set back up what God has put down. We set it back up. 
I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one where somebody has said something to you or they told you they didn't want to be in your life or they left you on Facebook or they ghosted you or whatever. And then I found a way to get back in touch with them. I know I'm not the only one setting stuff back up that God, God has, it was God's doing that separated that relationship, but we are masters at setting Dagon right back up. Oh no, you're going to get in touch with me. Calling from a different number. I'm just keeping it real, y'all. Texting from a block space. And the and the point of it is, the sooner we just let Dagon lay down, God can do what he wants to do in our lives. So my word for you today is that God wants to change your heart. God wants to change you into becoming another man. Because the truth is, you're going to have to break, listen to me here, you're going to have to break the habit of being yourself if you're going to get where God wants you to go now. You've been yourself for so long. You've memorized the feelings and you've memorized the, the, the perspectives and you've memorized the addictions. And let me just say this and then I'm going to get off. Give me five more minutes and I'm done. There's a powerful teacher. He's on YouTube. His name is Joe Dispenza. And he comes about the changing of people's lives spiritually from a neuroscience point of view. He's a doctor in neuroscience. And it's been over a year that I've been following people like him to really understand on a chemical and neuroscientific level, why is it that I, I do what I do at times? And he said something that really changed my life. And this isn't the first time this is the first time I heard it, but then I've it's been confirmed through other folks that are in these scientific fields. I'm just talking now science, right? For those of you that might say, well, you know, I don't know if it, no, there's plenty of proof for this. What he was saying is just like people can be addicted to drugs and we're addicted to coffee. You know how there's some people, they are not good people or <laughs> they're not happy people until they get their coffee. And they'll tell you. They'll tell you, I need to get my coffee before I say anything to you because they're addicted to the, not so much the coffee, but the feeling that the coffee gives them. This is what Dr. Dispenza was teaching us. That the body becomes addicted to emotions. And so the question he asked us is, what is your emotional home? What, what, do, you, what do you mean by that, Daryl? Well, what he was saying is, what is the place where you stay at more than not in your emotions. For some of us, our emotional home is victimization. For some of us, our emotional home is anger. That's just where we go to first. It doesn't mean we're always there, but we're there more than not. It's the first place we go to. For some of us, it's, it's kindness and love. Doesn't mean we don't get angry. We don't say mean things at times. But the question is, and be honest with yourself about that. Where does your emotional home, what is the emotion you feel the most throughout the day? And what he was sharing is that when we become addicted to an emotion, whether it's a high emotion or a low emotion, whether it's faith or whether it's fear, whether it's love or whether it's anger, when we become addicted to emotion, we, our life will find a way for us to get the fix we need. We need that fix. So even though we say that person made me mad, we had to get mad at that time of day because what the body is saying is I need my fix. I need my anger fix. I've got to go through that emotion. It's an electrical signature that your body's so used to going through. For some of us, we've been, 
we've we've cert- we've had certain challenges, maybe maybe since childhood. And so the body, I'm not talking down the mind or even the spirit, right? But the body becomes addicted to that feeling of being the victim and feeling because it's some, it's something it's something good about feeling bad. We've all been there. Something good about being able to say, "See, I knew it." You feel justified in the fact that, yeah, they did me wrong. And sometimes I, I, we we become addicted to that emotion. And so the transformation that I'm talking about is a transformation of saying, Lord, let me let go of all of those things that I'm addicted to. And I'm not talking about needles and powders and stuff on the Internet. Now, I'm talking about the emotions that keep us locked in a cycle of walking around the mountain year after year after year. And the reason why we fast, the reason why we empty our bodies is to say that we can deny the emotional and physical needs that the body has because the, the, the thinking is the language of the mind, but emotion is the, is, excuse me, feeling is the emotion of the body. That's, that's, that's really what's happening. We're out picturing what we're feeling throughout the day. Now, I'm not going to get into all the stuff that I talk about around business coaching and speaking and selling, even when I'm helping going into companies and helping them sell. First thing I say is you got to feel the feeling of winning, because if you approach it from this feeling of, oh, look at the economy. Oh, look at what my sales numbers were. Oh, look at what's happening to me. You're going to keep getting that outcome. That's why we play music that pumps us up before we get on the calls and do cold calls. That's why we do things to get into a higher state of elevated emotion and energy. So my prayer for me, as it is for you, is to break the cycle, to break the electrical, emotional, metaphysical, and neuroscientific brain pattern and wave pattern that you're used to. And it's hard at first because just like the body after, you know, you, you and this is the thing, right, with fasting, right? Let me just say this. The first few days, I'm talking about you go on like seven days and you do it several times. You, the first day or two is a little bit tough. Because the body's so used to getting fed. But by day three, day four, day five, you're straight. You might have a hunger pain here and there, but the body has has gotten used to now not being fed every day. The body has gotten used to being denied, and so it adapts. I'm sure you've met people, they've missed six hours of food, and they're like, I'm just so lightheaded, I can't work. And you're thinking, wow, Lord, you never have a tragedy in life for real. Six hours, you're going to faint. People really convince themselves of that. And you can actually think if you convince yourself of that. But if you decide in your mind, I'm going to make it. And the same way we deny the food is where we deny the feeling that our body wants to go through when the body says, I need to be angry right now. It's what the body's saying. The body's really saying, I need to be angry. I need to feel the feelings of anger. I need to feel that. Because if I don't feel that, if I don't feel the victimization, if I don't feel the rage, if I don't feel the frustration, then I'm I'm not happy. And the flesh wants it. And the flesh is going to point is the flesh. Because remember, it's spirit, soul and body. The flesh now, the body is going to tell your mind, look at this and look at that. And, and, and we, if we're not careful, we'll say, well, it was the person that was driving ahead of us that gave us the road rage. But we were going to have that anyway. We needed it. Have you ever, if you're honest, have you ever, now I'm talking about being in a relationship, you've been in a relationship and you knew in the back of your mind something wasn't right, but you stayed in it long enough just to get hurt by it. And you felt 
a feeling of justification. I caught you. I knew what you were doing. Okay, but if you knew it before, then why didn't you make the changes you need to make? And I'm telling you why. Because the flesh wants to keep us in the space of, of, of lower emotions. And the minute you realize that, let me tell you something. You start becoming cognizant. You start thinking about what you're thinking about. It doesn't mean you don't still get angry, but you start thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, it's not the person that's ahead of me that's driving. It's not the one that said this thing to me. It's not the message that came across on my phone. No, 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 no. It's how I'm going to respond. And what starts to happen is you start tricking the body into now feeling a different emotion. I'm going to feel love regardless. I'm going to feel hope regardless. I'm going to feel peace regardless, regardless of what you do, regardless of what you say. You know, people say they took me off my square. No, nobody can take you off your square. You come off your square. You made me mad. We don't give people that power. No, we want it. We need it to be mad. And so my desire and my heart for you is that you would seek to have another heart and that the spirit of God will be poured out over you to understand you spirit, soul, and body. I don't think we spend enough time talking about the soul. Gotta be careful. I don't want to hold it down. <laughs> no. The soul, the mind, will, and emotions, because the scripture says it's with the mind that we serve God, not the spirit. The mind is what sits in between the body and the spirit. The mind. The mind is what said that they're the ones that did me wrong. But if we can retrain our mind to say, no, 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 no. There is nothing that could come to me that God didn't first either orchestrate or allow and that all things are working together for my good. What if we really believe that? I had an epiphany about a year ago where the Lord spoke in my heart. Daryl, you would never get angry again if you really believed that all things work together for your good. And the reason why you're getting angry is because you don't believe it. Think about it. If we really believe what the word said, that all things work together for our good, how can we ever get mad about anything? Even if it was something that before would have really made us mad, we go to, wait a minute, hold up. This is going to work for my good. Oh, oh, I lost the job. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. This is going to work for my good. There's something else happening. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. I got to overdrive my account. This is going to work for my good. Oh, my gosh. This person is walking out of my life. Oh, oh, it's going to work for my good. But the but the truth of the matter is we don't really believe it. And, it, and because we're not honest about the fact we don't believe it, we can't get the help. Because we're, we're so stuck in kind of the spiritual. And no, my spirit, my spirit. Your spirit might believe. But your mind is still struggling. And until you get real about that, and until you get real about the mind, the mind is what we serve God. The mind is what we say, no, I'm not going to feel that emotion. I can't change what you do. I cannot change what you say. I cannot change how you respond to me. But what I can change is how I'm going to respond. All right. I'm going to end there. There's much more that I could say. But my prayer for you, truly and deeply is that you would begin to ask God to show you the places and spaces in your life where your mind has to be transformed, where you're thinking and self-limiting patterns. That's what I've been doing, self-limiting patterns, where I put the limits on myself. It wasn't the devil. It wasn't the devil. It wasn't a demon. It wasn't a hex. It wasn't a witch. It wasn't a spiritual principality. It wasn't a rule of darkness of this age. It wasn't. It wasn't. That was me. It was me. It was me that got in the way of what God wanted to do. It was me with my mouth. It was me with my thinking. It was me who spoke the word when it felt good, but then talked about my situation when I was going through it. It was me. It's me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. When I got there, that's when my life began to take off. 
Because that's when God could deal with me in truth. That's when God could deal with me in transparency. That's when God could deal with me, not from a spiritual veneer, but really come forward and saying, God, I'm struggling in my flesh because my flesh don't want to do it. My flesh wants to get angry. My, my flesh wants to rip your face off because you said that to me. So, God, I need you to help me to understand, first and foremost, why do I go to that emotion first? Because I say that I believe that all things work together for my good. So why? And the Holy Spirit has been unraveling in my heart. This is why. And showing me things in my life, places and spaces, things that happened years ago, decades ago, even to say, this is where it started. This is where it started. And with clarity and, and all you're getting, that's how I'm in, how I began and all you're getting. I want you to get understanding. I believe that that spirit that was poured out on Saul was a spirit of understanding as well. So he could rule God's people. Regardless, this had to get this was this was bigger than Saul. God said that I'm going to make you the, uh, the captain over my people. You're going to have to have a level of wisdom. So in all you're getting, I want you to get understanding, not just about uh, church things and not just about the Bible. I want you to get understanding about you. I want you to get understanding about your process and what you are going through and your emotions. And as you do that, I promise you, God will honor you. I promise you. I absolutely promise you. And let me just speak a blessing over you that as you go into 2024, you're not going to go around the same mountain. You're not. If you listen to me today and you really, honestly, truly internalize what I'm sharing with you, then I want you to spend five minutes in your, your quiet, solid, silent space and say, Lord, show me where I've limited what you wanted me to do. Show me where my heart is not right. And when we're talking about heart, we're talking mind now. We're talking about the heart mind. We're not talking about the spirit. We're not talking about the spirit that's already saved and you already asked God to save you and you're going to heaven yet. We're not talking about that part. We're talking about the mind part, how we process it, the mind part, because it's the mind where we serve God. And I want to speak over your life that 2024 is going to be your best year yet. And it's not going to be because of an outward circumstance that changed first. It's going to be an inward revelation. It's going to be something in your heart that's going to switch. You're going to stop giving your power to other people. You're going to stop saying other people made you mad. You're going to stop pointing the finger at the global economy and who's in the White House and what the person at the job did and what somebody who you're living with did. And you're going to start to focus on the fact that every voice I see outside is a voice anyway that's a reflection of what I see inside. And if I believe greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that's in the world, what am I complaining about what's in the world about? Because Jesus himself said hey, it will become offenses. So what am I struggling about? They're going to be offenses. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You're going to have offenses. And so as we go into 2024, we're not just going in saying, God do, God do, God do. We're saying, I want to do. I want to do. I want to change. Change me, Lord. Not just send me with the Isaiah prayer, but change me. Change me. Change me. Help me break the habit of being me. Help me break the habit of talking the way I used to talk. Help me break the habit of just saying, that's just how I am. Because that may not be who I need to be. That may not be who I am. I'm going to give a whole nother message on that because I've been on a whole nother hour and I'm not going to do that to y'all. I'm going to come on here and do a whole message on who you are versus who you think you are. And I'm going to give you a little preview now. And the little preview is it started in the garden with the stitching of the, the fig leaves on the purse, on, on Adam and Eve. It started there. It started there. Start, that's where the covering started. The covering of who we really are, thinking we fooling God and fooling somebody else. 
And so as you go into 2024, God is going to do spectacular things. I'm telling you, he is. He's going to break chains in your life. He's going to show you things that were hidden. He's going to reveal to you doors that are already open. Some of you have been praying for an open door and the door has been open. You just haven't seen it. The door has been open. You just haven't seen it because you've been focused on other things. Because the scripture says in 2 Corinthians first chapter 4, I believe it's verse number 8, where it says that if our gospel is veiled, if it's veiled, it's because the God of this world has blinded the mind of the unbeliever. So if there's a veil, it's not because God has put it there, but it's been veiled. It's been veiled because we haven't believed the word of God the way we should. So we didn't even see that the door was open. The door had been open and we've been praying for it. Or we've been looking at another door, trying to get that door to open. But God said, I shut that one. That wasn't the devil. That wasn't an evil spirit. That wasn't sin in your life that did it. I shut it because I needed you to walk in another door. And so as we go into 2024, we're going in with a new mind. That's my message. I'm telling you, I'm going to be all over this in 2024. I'm going to be all over this. And for those of you that's followed my journey and you've seen the outward success in my life, I'm telling you it's because there's been some deep inner revelations that I've been having. And this has been over the course of, I'm going to say about a year and a half now, but it's been accelerated over the past six to seven months. New revelations. That's been my prayer. I can't take any of this stuff with me anyway. I can't take any of the paper dollars, not one of them with me. So none of that's really the point. The point is who I'm becoming in the process of achieving and aspiring for what God, I know he has desired me to be. And my heart for you is that 2024 is going to be the best year ever. It's going to be the best year you ever had. I'm telling you, if you believe that, you're going to really go before God and say, show me where I'm lacking. So I can be my best self. Thank you, y'all, for tearing with me. Please share this message to someone who you know. You've seen them and they've just been going around in a circle. We all have people like that in our lives and we love them. We care about them. And you just see them go around and around. Or you see them with negative self-talk and you just want to tell them, you want to shake them and say, if you stop just talking the way you talk about yourself to yourself, you would go so much further. Not in a religious way, but you just want to say, stop, stop. Share this message for them. Share this message for them. Somebody that you really did. I'm, I'm actually going to ask that, that you find three people. I'm going to ask it. Why not? I'm going to ask you to find three people in your life that you know have been struggling with either negative self-talk, limiting self-belief patterns, or going around in circles stuck on a hamster wheel. I want you to send this to them. This is the perfect time. This is the perfect time. Don't go into a new year with an old mindset. That's my word for you. I love you. Peace. I'm Daryl J. Bennett. Continue following all my platforms to get more inspiration and empowerment. Peace.